electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones. From powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY. A big idea that inspired the world to invest differently. And still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the funds, investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. It's Jim Cramer here. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Don't miss a minute of the action. Hey, good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer, David Faber, back at Post 9 of the New York Stock Exchange, setting the table for a big week, CPI, bank earnings, and more strategist commentary on what the second half may bring. Ten-year, as Joe said, uh, still 408, close to some eight-month highs. Our roadmap this morning, that's where it's going to begin with the big week ahead for investors, key inflation data on deck, a lot of Fed speak, and, of course, the banks kicking off earnings season. City is downgrading U.S. stocks, saying performance may go on pause after a solid first half, but it is upgrading one other major global market. And that war of words between Elon Musk and Mark Zuckerberg, well, it just keeps heating up as threads. That new offering from Meta surges past a major milestone. Let's begin with the markets on this uh, new week of trading. Jim, you've been fairly circumspect about what the second half's going to yeah, bring. I mean, look, we have this CPI number on Wednesday. I did a piece for Investment Club, which just talked about we're just not going to get what J-Pal wants. He, I think there's a big mistake. I think that we keep thinking that he'll be happy with it's going in the right direction because that's what we keep here. And I don't think he wants it. I think he wants it to be better than it was. And he, he stuck. Remember, housing used to be the CPI. They took it out in 1983. But housing's terrible. Uh, and I use the I use this story about the my favorite. Uh, people, people may get confused when what? you say housing is terrible, because oh, okay, within okay. five minutes from now you're going to talk about housing stocks being great. Okay, so no, no you're absolutely explain right. what you're saying. Well, yeah, uh, home prices have gone up 40 percent since 2019, but home prices are not in the CPI. But I honestly think that we may look at the CPI and say hey, maybe we're out of the woods. But I think that Jay Powell is saying, hey, listen, these have to come down. We need more homes. Uh, and yet the housing companies are doing so well because they're, for the first time, not building homes unless they think they have buyers. So we got to get it lower. We don't want to get it going in the right direction, which is why we keep hearing, and I'm, I fear we might hear in Jackson Hole, that we're not done. It just is not working. Consensus for CPI is 3-1. Right. Uh, last month it was 4. Last June it was 9. So, I mean... <laughs> Nine versus three, is that good enough? Is well, there a good I mean, enough print? If you strip out food and energy, which I don't know if he does or not, because I know that energy's uh, set worldwide, but food isn't, you're back to 5%. And I think that Jay Powell's saying, look, we need it to be negative. We don't want it to be three or two. We've got to start rolling back. And without more people in the workforce, Carl, I just don't know how he does it. And I just look at it and I just say, we're just stuck with a losing hand when it comes to, to short rates. Uh, a lot of stuff today about autos, by the way, which are controlled by short rates. But there's a lot that does well in any rate. And we come back to Tesla and Amazon. We come back to uh, Netflix. We come back to Alphabet. These were all positive pieces today. Meta. David, Meta. I mean, I know that there's a dialogue between Musk and Zuckerberg. But I don't think it's a war of words. I think it's a war of numbers. 
Well, we're going we're gonna to actually spend a little bit of time talking about both the war of numbers and the war of words and what it means uh, for Meta. But is it your expectation that it will work then in the first half of the year? Because this is our first chance to be together since right. the first half, I second missed, half of this I year began. Everyone. I missed everyone. missed you. Um, is it the worked in the first half? Is it going to work in the second half? Well, I mean, look, the good news is we're about to have earnings, and all the analyst reports are it's stretched already. So when we have that set up, if someone really does a good number, it will surprise people. But I, there's a lot of industrials that where there's just very tepid research out today. <laughs> but where there's not tepid research is, that, is, let's say, Amazon. Now, John Ford, an excellent interview with Andrew Jassy, and the subtext is, What's Jassy doing on if it isn't going to get better with Amazon Web Services? But no one's saying, listen, it's, the time is right to buy GM. But I think GM might be cheap. Why? Because I think that the wrong part of the company's doing well in sort of combustion engine. <laughs> yeah. Right. yeah, we did get some uh, target increases after the sales numbers last week. And yeah. now these re- reports about elevated supply of EVs. Uh, double the industry average. There's a lot of EVs out there. It's the it's the ice cars that's hard to get. Right. Well, the 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 Mach EV from Ford did not do as well as we thought. But the F-150, the traditional F-150, will just try to get one. David, that would be uh, try to get one would mean so you have to go to a dealer. Yeah. You have to ask a truck person. I see. And then you say one five zero. Got it. And by the way, David, never say three five zero. You say super duty. Super duty. Yeah, those who say 350 are novices, and it is just dreadful. Okay, I'll keep that in mind when I go truck shopping. (laughs) You're right about uh, the analyst commentary, though, today. City, uh, we cut U.S. to neutral. What did Um, you read that? Stiefel going to flatline at 4,400. Bernstein struggled to recommend tech in the second half. I guess Costin's the best thing we got going today, which is the the bar is so low on earnings. Okay, I'm with Costin. I'm a cost because we have all, I mean, I've got a stack of earnings right here. All right. And other than Netflix and, and Amazon uh, and Tesla, these are all tepid. Yeah. I mean, and they're all like this. CVS lowered by TD Cal 111 to 109. Uh, the negatives are still there. And there's your buddy, Tony Saganagi. He's not yeah. actually he's not my buddy, to be honest. No, no, because, you know, he downgraded Apple at. At, uh, it was at eight, and he said the best times uh, haven't been had. Now, David, I know stock prices mean nothing in this business. What matters is a narrative, and it may be that you have to just overlook the fact that trillions were made, and you have to focus on the fact that the best times were in the past. True. Right? Another, uh, a guy you used to actually be a little more fond of was Mike Wilson, but I mean, he's, uh, well, I he's just changed. He's tripling down, quadrupling down at this point. Yeah. Saying the earnings, I mean, back to your point on uh, earnings as we sort of head into earnings season, the next leg will be about deteriorating pricing and top line, meaning well, you know revenue I'm gonna disappointment. I'm going to send him a gift certificate to Kava <laughs> because it's just very clear that Kava's numbers are too low. We got a, being a new a, restaurant a bu- chain. A bunch of initiations today. Uh, JPM overweight, Morgan Stanley equal weight, Piper overweight, all in the mid 40s on targets. Well, I just think that people want more deals. Uh, I, I, I'll tell you where I'm in a quandary. I want to take Goldman Sachs for a second. 
Okay, so Goldman Sachs spends a fortune moving Apple, right? They, they, got the, they bought this green sky, and they're obviously making a big push with Marcus. Now, Marcus doesn't really apparently work overseas. They got rid of green sky one year later. Uh, they're talking about Apple and how great the relationship is within the same sentence, and they want to sell it. Does the new Goldman, which is the old Goldman, worth a higher multiple? Because the reason I mention this is because you know what's around the corner. Earnings. And other than BlackRock, I don't see a lot I want to own. In financial services? Yes. Really? Yes. Um, but what triggered this thought on your part was the opening of the IPO market. I know the connection you were making. You didn't make it. Uh, but My so reader, Barnack, Barnack here. That's, that's me. Uh, is Goldman Sachs cheap here because if, in fact, the IPO market is opening, if you start to see more M&A transactions? By the way, it hasn't been the worst year for M&A. It just hasn't been a robust year right. as we had right. a couple of years back. But, uh, you know, maybe maybe the stock's cheap, Jim? Exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm thinking that if you go back to the old Goldman where they used to make a lot of money and we, we didn't care about buy now, whatever. Or, I mean, Apple turned out to be – I mean, I heard – Various things about Apple that it would cost two billion to get that network up in line to four billion. That's from competitive banks, um, and now it's turnkey. Maybe Express buys it, but if you get an you get an uptick in M and A, and you get an uptick in. And by the way, there are more deals coming. Right. That maybe the new old Goldman at three seventeen is a buy. It could be. They will continue to want to focus you on. Um on the alternative asset manager they have inside Goldman Sachs. Right, but they do have to take a and huge And as those hit. fees continue to rise, big to get hit to on a their, sort of on what they have exit velocity, right. say again? Big hit on what they have in real estate. Right, that, uh, that came up in the interview that David Solomon did with Sarah a month or so ago. Yeah, yeah. but also with me. And with you. Yeah, yeah. ahead of Sarah. Sorry, I, f- I apologize. No, First okay. you and then, then Sarah's. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, my I mean was, the my, blockbuster will be when I sit down with him, though. But, oh, no, I'm not yeah. even uh, – th- that's absolutely true. This is after the Iger sit down about why the theme parks aren't doing well. Right. How'd you get that? How did I get the Iger sit yeah. down? There's no Iger sit down. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. We're going to get to some of the data on, on Disney parks attendance. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. There, it's interesting that there's nothing good to say about Disney, almost to the point where it can't be that bad. Um. It's got to be a challenging quarter, right? I mean, they basically closed the quarter, all these companies have, with, with the end of June. And then the Hulu. It's not just challenging. There was a story today in the journal about the parks not being as uh, active, yeah. Um, yeah. wait times down substantially. But I, I would argue across the board for media companies, you continue to see the acceleration of cord cutting. Right. Meaning there are simply fewer people. Thank you all for watching right now. But Box there are fewer people out, out there who have We're cable also- to watch. Yeah. Um, which obviously you need to be well, you know, David, available digitally, both dot you, com digitally and direct to consumer digitally. Are you appealing to people who are, have already cut the cord? No, I'm thanking, not, I'm not thanking our current viewers. I'm thanking our okay. current viewers for not cutting the cord. Um, but uh, <laughs> and then the advertising market is not exactly the greatest either. So uh, it's a challenging time. But Jim, David, if I look at for the these advertising companies, market taking for Netflix Amazon, out because of course Netflix the, how about is the advertising market for Meta, it's just on fire. Yeah. It's the place to advertise, to reach, reach people, younger people, middle-aged people. We're very good for Sunrise Senior Living. We're killing it. We're killing it. We're killing it in Sunrise. We are best, best sellers. Nobody has that market like we do. Demaruni McFaddy is, is the great high, ski, high lit used to say in Philadelphia. We've got the Demaruni McFaddy. Demaruni McFaddy. Yeah. I don't even know. Well, it was like an out thing he used to say that was 
Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. I just do not think that this is. When I saw the downgrade of Fox, yeah. and I said, honestly, I mean, Fox? Is that what it comes? Dish. There's a cut, wow. David. Dish. And Fox. Five, Fox ten down to five. Fox is sports and news, and news hasn't been going that well for them. Not to mention they paid him eight, almost eight hundred okay. million dollars to right. Dominion. While he's being negative, I want to congratulate Zaslav for a beautiful grandchild and the fact that Max may be crushing it. He should have named his grandchild Max. Max. I mean, yeah. He is so and smart. And that can go. You know, you can. Can you imagine if we had, if I had a grandchild, and I'd have to name it. Peacock? No, you'd have to name it NVIDIA. Oh, no, that would be a winner. <laughs> you, you, you've, you've come pretty close. Uh, the pets, yeah. We mentioned a bunch of calls in there. Uh, Wells does cut Fox to underweight. They look at viewership pressure at Fox News. Uh, percentage of primetime cable news audience was 51 in January, now 38. It's just incredible how quick. I mean, you know, we have to go to, I remember when I was at Goldman and there was this company called Smith Corona Marchand, SCM. And it turned out, I mean, it's a typewriter company, but it turned out at a chemical division. Remember, like, Bill Zarian went in the chemical division? Yeah. David, is there, like, a, a chemical division within Fox that we can suddenly... No. No? No, there isn't. That makes, like, iron filings or something? There isn't, and there's some questions there, just in terms of the decision-making that's happened, clearly. So what do we do? Why didn't they settle? What, would it cost them 50 million bucks early to settle? Something like that? How about unscripted at Paramount? How about it? What's Paramount worth? Those are all good questions you're asking. Uh, on, on the week where Mission Impossible. Yeah, uh, premiere tonight. Something. Yes. Premiere Isn't tonight. That something? Yeah. You going to go? Am I going to go? No, I have dinner with a senior executive. It's such a big dinner that I can't Oh, even... I know who you're beating today. Fuck. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. It's exciting. <laughs> well, still to come this morning, we'll get to some of the autos. Jim mentions there's a lot of news on that today as we get some new data on used cars from Mannheim later on this morning. We'll get to uh, EL and more on Disney, Schwab, Ulta, Kava. Take a look at the pre-market here on this Monday. Be back in a moment. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration, our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. Let's get the latest on Twitter versus threads as Mark Zuckerberg and Elon Musk exchange jabs on their respective platforms over the weekend. Musk tweeting that threads is Instagram minus pics, which makes no sense, while Zuckerberg replied to a post implying that Twitter is censoring threads from its trending tab with the words concerning. Uh, this devolved into some pretty juvenile uh, back and forth over the weekend, guys. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fun. I'm like trying to remove a tweet that I put right misspelled lightning because I'm a clown. It's fun until somebody's face gets bashed in. Well, wow. That's like what my mom used to say. Well, well it is that, that kind that's of That's apparently food. what they want to do to each other. 
Well, it only actually raises, I think, the, the chances, perhaps, that they follow through on this absurd plan to meet each other in a cage fight match in the Colosseum in Rome. Yeah, one, one, two enter, one leaves. I, I mean, I, I think people are spending a lot of time trying to figure out, do you want that kinder, gentler interchange on threads, or do you want combat but have more viewers on Twitter? But it's combat versus kindness. I think kindness is winning. Well, 100 million. That thing that's incredible. It's, it's, you know, it's faster than ChatGPT got to that number. Wow, that's interesting you say um, that. Now, you, you know, if you have Instagram, it, it's very easy. But is it potentially a revenue producer for Meta? Twitter's no longer a public company. We still spend a lot of time on it. Is it really a threat to Twitter? I, I think it is, but I think that it's additive, easily additive, but it's like, you know, people, no one says it's more than $2 billion in advertising. I mean, for a company like the size of Meta, it won't matter. But th- for a company the size of, of, of Twitter, it might matter. You're saying Twitter punches above its weight in yes. terms of and, and ad they, revenue? And if, if Zuckerberg wanted to wipe it out, he could wipe it out. Well, this would seem to be an attempt to do that. Yes. Musk certainly seems to be paying close attention. Right. Well, Musk puts in his... Uh, by the way, his truck. Remember I told you to get an F-150? I'm doubling down after looking at that monstrosity. I mean, it looks like... You a, don't like the Cybertruck? Well, it looks like a German... It looks like a... I, I, well, I don't want to go two inch into World War II, but it looks like a tank that was used by the other side. You sound like what Farley told you about it, right? I am. I'm a complete figure of Farley. You're a total mouthpiece for Farley. Oh, yeah, yeah, admittedly. Yeah. And, and Farley did say that it looked... You know, it was... He said it was a Lamborghini. I think that was wrong. I think it was more like a Panther tank. Wow. All right. And the other size Panther, not the current Panther, which is, to me, kind of interesting. Um, Carl, what I continue to wonder when it comes to Musk and Zuckerberg and this idea of having the cage fight, um, when and if anybody on their boards of directors says, well, you've got to stop. This interesting. Is not, this is not a good idea. By the way, that said, I'll be there. I mean, if they're going to do it, I'm going. Yeah, but what you do? Do I have two million on Twitter? I've got a bunch on uh, uh, that are on Thread. But when I look at what people, we put up a, a thing which says, "What's your best thing that you've learned on Thread?" And we're just getting this fantastic stuff that would be good for a show that we can do. If I put that for Twitter, it would be the the best thing I learned is that is that Jim Cramer is is one of the worst people ever, and Putin may be nicer. Remember, I'm, I rival Putin in terms of worst. Yeah, but I was you're five, not moving. You know, you just tweeted. You didn't thread. Well, I did tweet. I tweeted because I wanted to attack Musk on that ridiculous vehicle that he had, which, again, I think looks a little bit like um, something that Fred Flintstone might have built. You're just you know, trying to get into time. the cage fight as well, aren't you? You want to do a tag team with Zuckerberg. I want to be Barney. Yeah. Because Barney had a lot of I can teams. see that. Mark Tech. I say Jim. bam, bam. If you want to go childish, go for the bam, legs. Bam, go, right? go bam. Right, bam, bam. Go for the legs, Jim. Hey, so for you, is Twitter 9 to 5 and Threads is a weekend? Is that how it's playing out for we you? Are, or? So you have got me direct that I'll put the garden, which is my most viewed thing, yep. on Threads. People love it. And I will talk about uh, interesting things about stocks on, on Twitter because it's instant. I won't read the responses because the responses would make me want to, you know, crawl into a shell. I'm right. building a clubhouse deep in the in the realm of my Pennsylvania house. You'll never find me, but it's for Twitter. But it, it does sound, and, and Moseria has sort of talked about this, they're kind of distilling away from each other Twitter news and threads, what, culture, sports? Yes, yes. I mean, David, when I, you know, my, my three tomato rows, mm. 
crushing it. Got it. Crushing it. And I did a lot of Romas and a lot of cherries because they make the best salsa. Nice. He's, he's probably never. He's probably maybe he's got uh, like a is little. Is it threads? No? Yes? No. Not yet. Not yet? No, I'm a late adopter. Well, it's as you guys know. Because this is 60 count. This is 200 <laughs> count. Adopter. I know threads. There's more counts in this in, there. You, in five of your outfits. Yeah. Yeah. I haven't actually joined Instagram yet, so I guess right. I'll have to do that first. By the way. And by the way, Facebook, which I also am not one on. One of the so. great things that yeah. happen is that you can't smoke indoors, so I don't have to worry about the oh my fire retardant. Again, with the fire retardant, this is a nice. Stop, thing. drop, and roll. That's all we need to know. This is a nice super. My God. This is super 130. 130? <laughs> That's like hot rolled steel. Jesus. Oh, my God. 130. <laughs> so How mean. do you do that? Doesn't it just itch like all get out? <laughs> the, sh- the shaming is real. <laughs> at, at least it fits me. <laughs> I lost weight, you son. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get Kramer's Mad Dash countdown to the opening bell uh, on this Monday. One more look here at the pre-market. We're back in a moment. We got another day of NBA action. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. Yes, you know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every night a watch party only on FanDuel. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Futures relatively mixed here this morning to start what will be a busy and full week. Opening bell coming up in about uh, five and a half minutes. And don't forget, you can catch us anytime, anywhere. Just listen to and follow the Squawk on the Street opening bell podcast. All right, we got two and a half minutes before we get started with trading for the week here. Uh, let's get to a mad dash. Johnson and Johnson. Yes, now this uh, Wells Fargo, it's got is a signature pick. You know, everybody has the evidence lab. Everyone's got the US one. Yes. And it's really good. And it says there's potential upside and guidance rates. I just want to warn people that there are closing arguments today on a case involving a 24-year-old who is uh, believe, you know, believed to be in, unfortunately, a fatal uh, situation against a particular kind of mesothelioma uh, heart, not lung, which has typically not been caused by uh, if there is indeed asbestos and talc, which has always been a doubt. But it doesn't mention it. And so what I would tell people, and I'm going to say this at our morning meeting in a little more in depth because we have this and our, our weekly meeting that we have a monthly meeting, that you got to be very careful that this thing is controlled by talc. And if they lose this case, it could hurt them in the overall ability to accrue all bankruptcy uh, cases. I mean, sorry, you know, under a bankruptcy rubric, which is that entity they want to create and give yep. $8.9 billion to. So you may like J&J. May I suggest that you wait to see how they do on this lawsuit. Uh, closing arguments today, most likely verdict. Jerry, I'm glad you've pointed to it. Obviously, it's been a long-running case and allegations that uh, J&J is completely denied and is doing so in court, namely right. that talc contained asbestos and therefore yes, the cause, for none. example, mesothelioma. But I just think that when uh, you read these reports, it, it's the same thing with 3M, by the way, they tend to de-emphasize the legal issues in part because they're not 
lawyers. No, they can't measure them. Right. Very now, difficult to measure. I went to a couple lawyers on this, including J&J. I, I felt very confident talking to J&J, obviously. Then I talked to another lawyer who just said, Jim, don't kid yourself. A 24-year-old who may be dying, I, it, the facts may not even matter to the jury because it's a left-wing jury in Alameda, California. So all I'm saying is be aware this may not be what you want to base any investment decision on. That's a good one. There's actually a pretty good diet of uh, sell-side commentary on individual names. We'll get to some more in a minute. Let's get the opening bell here in the CNBC Real-Time Exchange. At the big board, it's Core Laboratories celebrating its 25th listing anniversary. At the NASDAQ, it is the Times Square Alliance celebrating three summer performances in New York City. Core Labs is a very important company. Halliburton was the biggest gainer on Friday. There's a belief that there's not been enough growth in American Permian. Uh, now, the way to get growth, two ways, is to drill more or find out that your reservoirs have more in them, and that's been Core Labs. I'm glad you brought up oil services because a lot of them are bumping up on 52-week highs, whereas uh, the crude itself is not far from 52-week lows. No, I know, but uh, there is a sense that for the longest time they used to drill, 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 and then they switched to a let's make money go for dividend. Then oil prices collapsed year over year. And so now people feel that they've got to start showing growth. And the only way to show growth is bring Halbert in. The, the thing that's really interesting is it, it was much more expensive to drill not that long ago. Pricing has come down. So, David, the idea that you can drill for less expense because there's no longer that level of inflation and you can show growth appeals to Wall Street. Halliburton being up so much on Friday. Yeah. And overall, your view of oil prices, how does that I, fit in with your overall ma- macroeconomic views that we discussed at the very top I of the I just show? still, I mean, look, my views don't matter as much as what people feel about China. And people are just endlessly negative about China. Uh, and the Jan- Janet Yellen interviews and meetings did not make me feel any better about what's happened with a country with no growth. We should, uh, we should spend a little time on that because obviously Secretary... Yellen was there, a series of meetings, at least communication. That seems to be the goal, not right. necessarily making great progress, but at least having some communication, right? You had Blinken there. She's there. I believe John Kerry is going as well. Uh, there's some talk of Raimondo. We'll see. On, well, yeah, Raimondo, that'll be very interesting. because She Ram- actually pushed the Chinese a bit on, on climate as well. But remember, it's um, Raimondo's. Uh, she's the one who's pushing for giving them less of the highest tech because she wants it made here. Now, of course, the highest tech is made by TSMC. NVIDIA. NVIDIA. Yeah. And, uh, and the, then the chips are manufactured by, by TSMC. TSMC, which, and by the way, reported numbers, too. We haven't yeah. The Chinese yet. very much want uh, the highest from NVIDIA. And NVIDIA, there's a lot of good commentary out of late, but it, uh, including, geez, Goldman saying that it's worth yes. a great deal. Yeah, that reiterates a buy quite, today. Quite a piece, um, but, whoa. Yellen did try to argue, look, these, these controls that we have going on are targeted. They're not going to affect your overall economy in a material way, which when you're doing 5% drops in producer prices like we got last night, that's the biggest drop in, in, in manu, you know, wholesale pricing since 15. When are people going to realize that the, off, the onshoring is doing better than the offshoring? I, I urge people to go to Walmart. Go no further than to check the labels from where things are You said are from. this last week. It is just remarkable. You know, my daughter and I were marveling that it's Sri Lanka and it's Jordan and it's Pakistan. It's not China. 
and its countries. Now, when I talk to, to Walmart about it, they're really not that. They're more anxious to talk about what's made in America, mm-hmm. which were American flags for Independence Day. But I would say that if I were a Chinese trade representative and I went to the largest retailer in the world, I would say, uh-oh, we're not making things that are selling at Walmart. They're making them at these other countries that are uh, early developed world, and they're helping these countries immeasurably, including, I think, the Jordanian shirts well, fit me very well. By the way, another country that you've talked about very often in the past that seems to be benefiting from movement of manufacturing is Mexico, right? Oh, my. Mexico's doing so well. And I, by the way, you know, we, we have a possibility of a strike in UAW. Now, the idea of you bringing up Mexico is counter, you know, counter to the whole notion of what's supposed to happen with the, uh, with the unions and with the three different giant infrastructure projects we have in this our country. But Mexico is ready. And by the way, the biggest winner will be that KSU-Canadian-Pacific merger that we don't talk enough about. Because, wow, that's a powerhouse. That's how you get the stuff up here. Right. Um, and listen, we also continue to try to focus on the Chinese economy. It's the world's second largest economy, uh, obviously of great importance, and very difficult to measure just how bad things are. Yes. Your anecdotes, but it's and there's a lack of information that even more so than there have been. Do you ever read Nick Eberstadt's stuff? Sometimes. The demographic? He, he, I, I went to college with Nick. He, he's just, he's brilliant. And one of the things he says is if you want to measure regime, what's the growth rate? What's the birth rate? And you see what's going on with China versus India. The birth rate is on the decline. The death rate's higher. You're, you're having a, a country where it seems like that people have very little hope. That's what it tends to mean. And I say it's worth watching because this is a substantive thing that the, that the Chinese must address. Uh, they're on the cusp of uh, outright deflation as uh, June yeah. CPI was flat over there. A lot of price cuts in the EV business. Uh, GM cutting uh, the Lyric over there. Volkswagen. Ford kind of giving up. Um, and by the way, we haven't mentioned last week's Rivian 40% increase. Fisker's uh, convert offer today. I just think that People want, I know that there's a belief that what matters, including Bill Ford saying this on TV, that they're coming, that the Chinese are coming. Um, I look at it a little differently. I just think that the Chinese are um, in a crisis mode, whether it be what to do with the capitalists or what they do with what to do with pollution or what to do with the younger people who are unemployed. I think, you know, that that youth unemployment number is the one that I think is most startling to a certain extent and has got to be very concerning as well to the regime. When you're getting up in the 20% range right. for younger people looking for, for work. All right, let me pause something to David. It's a little existential. David, are they we, are they us in the 1982-83? And are we them? We've got better growth. We have what I regard some great science, and we have some birth rate, and we have much better youth unemployment. I'm just saying, do they sit there and say, what the heck happened? I thought we passed them, and now we can't even get the, we can't even get the 200? We can't get the NVIDIA 200? <laughs> can't get the NVIDIA 200. <laughs> well, they're still, they're still going to figure out a way. Is they are? Oh, you mean yeah. where there's like a lot of people, there's a way? Uh-uh. You can't just duplicate the H200. You can't, no, even when you steal all the plans for it, probably. That was they stole Micron's plans. They've not been able to get NVIDIA. It's still hard. It's still hard to do. Um, it's interesting. 
But Again, I, it's, it's projections of the, of the Chinese economy surpassing our own perhaps have not been pushed out a bit. Yes. Yes. And we used to have all these IPOs that were Chinese where they would basically make fools of us. There are fewer of those now. I mean, between the SPACs and the Chinese offerings, it was really quite a quite a treat that they presented. Yeah, you, you were not a fan of those even when they were in full force. No, Baskin was the SPACs and Robbins was the Chinese. Uh, speaking of cars, uh, you want to get to Phil LeBeau uh, as we got Mannheim in uh, down 4-2 month on month. Uh, Phil, good morning. Hey, Carl, that is the largest decline month over month since April of 2020, when I think it was down something like 7.3%. So here are what we see from the June used car or used vehicle prices from Cox Automotive in Mannheim, the used vehicle index, down 4.2% versus May, down 10.3% versus June of last year. The retail inventory, and this is significant, it came down four days. It's now down to 45 days supply. So as you take a look at CarMax and Carvana on the used side, and then we also have on the new side, AutoNation, and Group 1. Keep in mind that AutoNation Group 1, those two stocks are close to all-time highs. They are almost there. I mean, just down very, very small percentage. CarMax, we saw the run-up late last month. That's pulled back a little bit. And Carvana has had a heck of a month uh, as it continues to rebound from uh, where they were earlier this year. Bottom line is this, guys. We are seeing the moderation in used vehicle prices but keep in mind, this is less of reflection on the consumer and more a reflection on the fact that there's greater supply of new vehicles in the market. And because of that, you see less demand, if you will, on the used side. And that's why prices are moderating as they are. One of the things that is difficult for a lot of people to understand, including me, is that like a fellow by the name of Bill Nash, who runs Quarmax, uh, I think he does a very good job. He might explain to you that the, where they really do well is when use comes down and news stays pretty much the same. And I know that AutoNation has made right. a lot of money. Carmax did report a good thing. Is that the way it works? Is the margin bigger when the use comes down and the news stays flat? Yes, definitely. And the other thing to keep in mind with CarMax and the heck of a quarter that they reported, what, about three or four weeks ago, right. Jim, is that yes. they've, they've done a great job of prioritizing vehicles that sell under $20,000. That is a market that is red hot if you can offer people a car or a truck or a small SUV, whatever it is. If you can get them into there under $20,000, there's a lot of demand there. And that's what CarMax has excelled at over the last six months. Phil, thank you. Phil LeBeau you bet. Uh, with those latest numbers for us. Uh, guys, did want to get a, uh, f- offer a follow-up to a story that we uh, did follow somewhat closely here uh, a few weeks back, namely um, Icon Enterprises, Hindenburg, uh, and that report, remember, that came out was based back in May the 2nd, in which Hindenburg, a well-known research firm that uh, takes aim from the short side, essentially, at many companies, Nikola being one, uh, that people may recall, and really questioning a number of the marks that IEP had in terms of the asset value of some of the businesses that that uh, holding company essentially in, in, in some ways uh, uh, has uh, marked them at. Um, it had the effect of significantly decreasing the price of Icon Enterprises and then having people question whether, in fact, loans that were in place by Mr. Icon would have to be um, shored up by either the sale of stock, potentially, or, and or more equity being pledged against them. And that kind of had a negative impact. Bill Ackman got in on it as well, questioning certain things. 
kind of rekindling the feud between those two that started on our air some time back, as uh, many of our longtime viewers may remember. Well, this morning we've got an 8K from Icon Enterprises. Let me give you the uh, most important parts here. Uh, there's a new loan agreement, essentially, with the banks that Mr. Icon has entered into. It extends the maturity of the previous loans. It amends certain covenants uh, as well. Uh, change, uh, charges interest at a variable rate. It will provide for the prepayment, or the payment, I should say, of $500 million on or before the 1st of September of this year. And then principal payments as well of $87.5 million beginning September 24, ending at $2.5 billion at the end of the term. The loan agreement as well permits uh, prepayments. Here's some of the more important parts. Uh, this is what ICON had to do. He had to put up 320 million depository units of IEP. Now, again, there had been a, a, a significant number already, but 320 million and another 2 billion of interest that were owned by Mr. ICON uh, in the private investment funds managed by IEP, essentially his hedge fund. Um, pretty tough, pretty tough. Uh, you know, my understanding was this has been uh, kind of going on for a while, and you can see that the stock had crept up a bit of late on expectations that Mr. Icon would be successful in this restructuring, essentially, of, of his loan obligations. But, Jim, that's, they got a lot, the banks. And my understanding is he approached private equity, you know, seeing what was available there, as you probably would expect him to in terms of a potential a new capital or deal of some kind. But ended up just doing a renegotiation with his renegotiation with his banks. That again, when you look at what he has to back them by and what he's agreed to, fairly significant. Nonetheless, being as you would expect, applauded by investors. The two, the the dividend stays in place. Okay, that was what I wanted to ask. Right now, you still get that big dividend. I mean, the dividend yield is twenty four percent. It stays in place. Remember, he owns eighty five percent of the shares. He pays himself in stock. He pays the fifteen percent in cash. And that stays in place. They have changed the marks on some of the assets. The U.S. attorney got involved, you know, briefly, basically uh, kind of saying that they were going to investigate, unclear what exactly they were working on. But this puts them in a better place, without a doubt. He had to pay a lot to do it, but better place. Right, we have to figure out the actual earnings power of the different divisions. But I've got to tell you that the principal worry was everything was overstated. Well, it's not overstated anymore. Everything was worth, and that he would continue to have to sell stock. Yes. Right, in a significant yeah, way. Yeah, I think a lot of people felt very, very strongly that this may be the chance to buy it. I know a lot of people call in, Carlton, uh, for uh, my lightning round and say, is this the opportunity? I would now go to say, uh, from the best of my knowledge, it's no longer uh, overvalued in terms of its assets. Um, so, yeah, don't worry about margin calls in his future any right. longer. Right. Jim, you mentioned uh, the banks that we're going to get starting on Friday. Uh, upgrade a Schwab today over at JMP. Oh, uh, outperform uh, a slower pace of cash sorting, uh, they argue, which obviously has been a concern for a lot of the regionals. Yeah, yeah. but against that, look, I, I, I think Schwab has overdone the downside because their bank wasn't that big. But against that, wind up being BlackRock, which I think is going to be a, bear, a big share take, uh, especially with the 5% on the short rate. And I think it's going to do a lot of outsource, do fantastically well. That's the one to be in. Uh, the other uh, sort of uh, spin around the banks is going to be largest loss collectively since the beginning of COVID. And then maybe more provisions on top of that. Some are talking in the $7 billion and, range. And yes. And a lot of people keep thinking that if the small, uh, small medium-sized businesses are hurt by this, I know that Paycheck said that they would be. I come back and say, take a look at some of the banks that did well in the stress test. Uh, my child trust on Wells Fargo. I think Charlie Sharp crushed it. 
Uh, JP Morgan's doing very well. The big are getting bigger here, uh, and the small are struggling. And, and I think that the fees, we still don't know what they're going to be. I just think that the smalls have become very difficult to invest in, with the exception of First Horizon, which may have been because of the jilted, still to me strange, David, deal with TD Waterhouse involving... Well, TD Bank, yeah. TD Bank. Yeah. I mean, what exactly was... Did you ever get to the bottom of that? No, I mean, there were some reports that talked about it was on the TD side. The regulators were looking into but, uh, certain things. But it what? was never made clear, No, I think. It was never even made clear to, to, to First Horizon. No, I spoke to First Horizon about it, and they, they were just in the dark about what happened. Yeah. Um, kind of. But it didn't odd. seem... It was not related to any potential deterioration in their business. TD may be very happy, though, that they didn't have to buy, yeah, the, I guess buy so. the bank at the price they had so. agreed to. Clearly, it was in well me- above what it would have been at a different right. time. In the meantime, other than, um, than Broadcom, a, a lot of these, and Meta, yeah. a lot of the big cap tech stocks are doing quite poorly. I was going to say, um, we got both basically fang in the red this morning. Yeah. Is that, I mean, is that you know, cities, part of Citi's call today on going neutral was they expect mega cap growth to flatten out? I thought that, that was a very good piece from the point of view of what it would do today. And the one that is either that has been the best barometer is Microsoft, because yeah. Microsoft's got great AI and people know that their core business is good. But the fact that it goes down on days like today makes me say it's not going to be as easy. Um, pass speaking of Microsoft, and I, I have I, we don't know, but we are waiting oh, no, for Judge Corley to issue her uh, her her um, decision. Um, most likely would be after the close is the thinking. Today. Um, not today. I'm, I mean, but someday this week. It, it's going to have to be this week. There were some who, as I said, thought it might have been as soon as last week. It wasn't. But Activision Blizzard has been quietly creeping up a little. It has been. It's it's only twelve bucks from the ninety-five dollar um, all cash offer from Microsoft. But it's an important case, as we've said so many times, as much for the FTC uh, as it is for Microsoft. But, Should the FTC actually lose and no uh, injunction issued by the judge? But you told me. From the very beginning, when I was saying that Lena Khan, FTC, could really hurt the business, hurt, hurt the business of you said, Jim, she can do what she wants. If the courts go against her, you might see a different environment. Might we see a more positive environment for M&A if it's just tossed out? Yes, I think there's an argument that says that if Judge Corley uh, agrees with Microsoft in its arguments that the deal is not anti-competitive, um, that it will make it perhaps or make the FTC a bit more reluctant. But that's conjecture. We don't know. They had been, you know, brought cases that very few people expected them to bring, brought second requests when they were not anticipated. Uh, and so it's, it's unclear, Jim, I guess. Okay. But, yes, there is a hope, I think, on M&A practitioners' part right. that should the FTC lose, it would right. make them a little uh, and then I'm less, looking again more at, reluctant. at Goldman, the new Goldman, which is the old Goldman, which you wouldn't want to be in if you do get a better M&A environment. Yep, uh, we'll watch that. Speaking of which, uh, take a look at bonds today. We are going to get uh, Vice Chair Barr uh, in about 10 minutes talking about bank regulations. That's on top of a healthy diet of eco data throughout the course of the week. CPI, Beige Book, PPI, claims, of course, and Waller uh, later in the week should be interesting as well. Right now, you got the 10 year still circulating uh, north of four. Be right back. Let's get to Jim and stop trading. I've been very pro the idea that you can't just litigate to be able to get safety for uh, 
for any sort of crypto. Now, Tim Massett, who's my friend from law school, who used to be the head of CFTC, is going to come on tonight and talk about an op-ed piece he had, which talks about how to regulate crypto. And I think it's going to be terrific. And I think that all of us are going to feel much more comfortable. So I really like what he has to say. And we're going to sit down with Tim. And he's terrific. He's a very wise fellow who knows how to get this thing going. It's important because BlackRock is going to offer something. You're, you're really looking forward to Friday's numbers. I sure am. Yeah. And then uh, I know a lot of people are trying to figure out what the heck happened to tech. Microsoft down seven today. The one to watch is Adobe because it almost started to go back to where it was when it reported that great quarter. Watch Adobe. Uh, if Adobe can stay up here, then I think that you're not going to have a really bad day for tech. Yeah, it's interesting the way it's sort of uh, defying uh, the gravity yeah. that's taking down some other big tech names. Uh, look, I just keep hearing how well it's doing. It's actual GPT. It's how to use for commerce, and it's doing very well. The rest of them, I don't know, how come Microsoft been down seven? I mean, we get really, I mean, it's Microsoft. It, it, NVIDIA down seven. I mean, yeah, enough, enough. Yeah, get ready to do some buying. You've been saying that. You've been raising a little cash here and there. Yes, right? we have. Yep. We keep selling and selling and selling. I know. We want to have some cash for what I regard as being and going into earnings where people just are not crazy about what, what they're going to see and they're probably going to be right. Mike, I'm not Mike Wilson. <laughs> no, no, no one's Mr. Wilson, you. no. I'm more Dennis. <laughs> we'll see you tonight. Mad Money, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. When we come back, we're going to check in with former Kansas City Fed President Esther George, her first television Ooh. appearance since retiring from that role. That's going to be good. Ask her if she's going to pick up the tip of the t- you know, for the uh, Jackson Hole. I think it's going to be substantially worse. She's going to be like, oh, my God, let's spread this out among the uh, different they, uh, they, federal reserves. They, they do host it. Yeah, Kansas City Chiefs, the Kansas City, the Chiefs are going to end up having to pay. <laughs> Got it. They won. Uh, Dow's up 180 as just about everything's working this morning with the exception of tech. Don't go anywhere. You've been listening to the opening bell on CNBC's Squawk on the Street. All opinions expressed by the Squawk on the Street participants are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of CNBC, NBC Universal, or their parent company or affiliates, and may have been previously disseminated by them on television, radio, internet, or another medium. You should not treat any opinion expressed on this podcast as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of an opinion. Such opinions are based upon information Squawk on the Street participants consider reliable, but neither CNBC nor its affiliates and or subsidiaries warrant its completeness or accuracy, and it should not be relied upon as such. To view the full Squawk on the Street disclaimer, please visit cnbc.com forward slash Squawk on the Street disclaimer. We got another day of NBA action, so it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every night a watch party only on FanDuel. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus best that expires seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.